Welcome to The Commentary, a weekly conversation about vision, worship, and life at Grace Presbyterian Church. I'm Mark Bertrand, the pastor of Grace, and my fellow commenter in today's episode is Cameron Brooks. We've tackled some serious topics in past episodes of The Commentary, but this time we're just going to talk about Halloween. For about a decade now, my wife, Lori, and I have hosted an open house every year on October 31st. We live in an ideal trick-or-treating neighborhood, and the original inspiration for this open house was to give families a base of operations, a place to come and go as their kids went door-to-door in the quest for candy. Since I'm a pastor, though, this raises some questions. Are the traditions of Halloween at odds with Christian faith? Or is it okay to dress up in a costume and go trick-or-treating? And can we agree to disagree on matters like this and still show respect for sensitive consciences? That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We are recording this episode prior to Halloween, but you will be hearing it after Halloween. So that's going to take some of the suspense out of this because you may already know the answer to the question I'm about to ask Cameron. But Cameron, have you given much thought to your costume for Halloween this year? <laughs> I have had to give, give some thought to it because of a work function. Mm-hmm. So I was assigned to find a costume that represents the month of January. Oh. And um, I haven't decided yet, actually. So, I mean, by the time we're listening to this, I will have decided. Right now, I was considering either a snowman, Mm -hmm. because it's cold. Makes sense, yeah. Or my wife suggested I... I do that thing that Joey from Friends does in one episode and put on all of his layers of clothing at once. <laughs> I think he actually puts on Chandler's clothes, but um, because it's cold, you know, right, I mean, essentially right. I'm trying to communicate it's really cold in January and I don't know what else is happening in South Dakota then. So. I mean, the thing about it is with Jenny's skills, <laughs> I think she could create like a blizzard that goes around you everywhere you go. Yeah. Sort of like pig pen. With oh his, yeah. His uh, dust cloud. My own that, s- snow globe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, definitely see that that's fascinating (laughs) representing january yeah wow so what about you well i always give it a lot of thought and i don't always follow through i usually have better ideas than execution um i (laughs) this year because we've just gotten back from from france i've been thinking how much it it would be cool to do uh, Jacques Tati. So he was a famous French sort of uh, like comic film director. He made these kind of funny, surreal movies, but he had this very signature look, which was he was this kind of tall guy. He was always wearing a raincoat and had uh, like a pipe and a certain kind of hat. And for me, strategy usually has to do with what do I already have that I can right. combine to to create this. And so I think I pretty much have all of the components. I'm embarrassed to say that <laughs> that uh, there are a lot of weird eccentric characters that I already have essentially the wardrobe to pull off. But uh, I, I don't think I'll do it only because no one knows who that is. 
And what will end up happening is people will say, are you supposed to be Inspector Gadget? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, right. I actually missed a huge opportunity. So when I was in Paris, one of the things I did, I went to this uh, vintage store. And one of the things they had was this incredible tweed cape thing, sort of like Sherlock Holmes would have, you know, that had like a body to it, but then it had a little capelet that your arms stuck out of. And Lori took a photo of me in it and it would have been the perfect Sherlock Holmes Halloween costume. But I think it would have blown the budget for like the year. And I, (laughs) I, I feel like your wardrobe budget cannot be blown on, on a Halloween costume. So probably not a great idea. So, so I literally have no idea. And probably if past years are any indication, I'm just going to go as myself. And that's weird enough for most people. But, um, but you guys put on a Halloween party every year, right? Yes. Why? Or how did that get started? Well, we don't call it a Halloween party. Okay. We call it more like an open house. The, the idea is that, in the neighborhood that we live in, you know, we're, we're very close to this this street where there's very, uh, let's say, really quaint sort of perfect storybook Halloween trick-or-treating environment. Mm-hmm. So we're near that and, I don't know, years ago had the idea of just, you know, doing an open house so that parents who were taking their little kids out to trick-or-treat would have some place to kind of stop off, uh, base of operations, and... Uh, you could kind of launch out from. So you could go to the Bertrands, I could approve your costume, and then you could traipse around and then bring all of your candy back and sort through it and that yeah. sort of thing. And so it kind of snowballed over the years from from then. And occasionally, you know, we've been either, you know, out of town or so busy that we're like, I don't think we can do it this year. And I think one year we were like, I don't think we can do it. And people came over anyway and we're like, okay, cool. We're doing it. (laughs) So, so now it's kind of become a thing. Um, I always try to point out. So the, the origin of this was not that we wanted to create some sort of a safe alternative to Halloween. And I know a lot of times that's a motivation that people have, certainly uh, church people, like mm-hmm. create some sort of parallel thing to do that that just happens to involve costumes and candy, but <laughs> but nothing to do with, with Halloween. And it wasn't one of those kinds of things, but uh, we can get into that a little bit because I think it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah. You know, people uh, sometimes wonder, especially like if you're new to a church, like you're not sure, like you know, do we do Halloween or yeah. do we not do Halloween or right. do we do it, but we don't say that we do it. Like what's the, <laughs> what's the the deal here? But, but yeah. So if you're listening to this, the, the pastor and his wife do have an open house every 31st of October and uh, corresponds to the hours of trick or treating. <laughs> and you were always welcome to drop in and, mm maybe leave some of your candy with me right. and uh, I'll have, be happy to take a look at the costumes and that kind of thing. So, <laughs> Well, Halloween is one of those strange holidays that a lot of Christians that I know anyway partake in, but it doesn't have deep roots in the Christian tradition, let's say. And I've heard all kinds of theories, of course, about it. Well, sort you know, of did, and then it didn't. Yeah. And, you know, it depends. <laughs> right, on, right. Yeah. yeah, there are all kinds of stories that I've heard about how, you know, how this is actually, a, you know, this is right. really pagan or really Christian. And, right. But in any event, how we celebrate it in a 
you know, 21st century American culture is, is not really a Christian thing. It's just sort of a right. cultural thing. And yet many Christians do it. So we like to ask the question why, I feel like on this podcast a lot. So why do you think, well, maybe even before we ask why do people participate, what should Christians be thinking about, you know, that kind of a cultural yeah. tradition? Yeah. So maybe a good starting point is to to ask ourselves, like, so what's the difference between Halloween and the 4th of July, hmm. right? Because a lot of Christians celebrate the 4th of July and do it without any sort of misgivings. Um, I suppose it's possible that there there would be some who are like, well, I'm not going to celebrate the 4th of July because of American imperialism, and I don't want to expose my kids to, you know, whatever, patriotism. or no. Increasingly, or, but, that right. is the, the but, case. But I don't think that's a huge thing, right? You know, I, I think, you know, not a lot of qualms there. Uh, whereas with Halloween, that's different, right? That's different. That uh, People instinctively see there's a difference between that. Um I think Christmas is one that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, that's obviously a Christian holiday, but you know, there are reformed people are like, well, no, that's totally pagan and we're not going to celebrate that. So, so Christmas has a similar, mm-hmm. um, let's say like there's arguments over what should and shouldn't be done, but I still think Halloween has, let's say like a special significance. And I think the reason that it is to use this term problematic in Christian circles is because of the association that it has with uh, demons and the occult and scary mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right? So I'd, I don't know a lot of churches that are doing, you know, parallel 4th of July celebrations so that you don't have to go expose yourself to 4th of July parades. But I do know a lot of them that will self-consciously have like a harvest festival or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, to create an activity that that's not Halloween related, but but sort of takes that mm-hmm. that place. So, um, I think the reason they're doing that is because of those concerns, right? Mm-hmm. That there are associations with, uh, I don't know, people dressing up as like devils and witches and and mm-hmm. you know bad occult things like that, and and maybe this is, um, you know, some people maybe are thinking it's a slippery slope into things that you shouldn't be involved in, and others probably. Are thinking that so much, but they're just thinking like, do you really want to celebrate this kind of darkness? Right? Is this yeah. really you know what you want to spend your time doing? And 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 I can respect all of that. You know, I, I think you always want to be sensitive to people's concerns, their sensitivities, their consciences, yeah. and certainly um, as a church, we don't seek to bind the conscience of people. Um, this is one of those areas where I think in our church, we probably have some diversity of, of how people would view this and how wholeheartedly they would uh, celebrate or not celebrate that kind of thing. Mm. I'm sure there were people who switch off the lights at, you know, five o'clock and, and wait for it to be over yeah. and others who are out there putting skeletons in the lawn. So, um, yeah, so I think that that's the reason for the sensitivity, and it probably has a parallel. So I'm guessing like like celebration of Halloween is probably going to have a strong correlation with something like how okay are you with Harry Potter books yeah. or, you know, uh, even, you know, C.S. Lewis, like fictionalized accounts of magic and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, and I think where 
you have a greater comfort level with those things. You probably have a greater comfort level with Halloween, uh, where you have less comfort with those things, probably less comfort with Halloween. Um, I grew up in a church that didn't do Halloween celebrations and was definitely against Halloween, Mm. but with a mom who loved Halloween and liked (laughs) to dress us up, you know, in go trick or treating yeah. and stuff like that. And so um, I kind of get both mm-hmm. sides, I guess, but I ended up feeling more affinity towards, Hey, it's fun to dress up. And I think it's, it's a largely harmless thing that the kids enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And like anything, it's obviously capable of being abused, but uh, there's, there's something um, I don't know that I think is, is worthwhile about the holiday. <laughs> You mentioned freedom of conscience and makes me think of the passage in the Corinthians where Paul's talking about freedom of conscience and, you know, food sacrifice to idols. Yes. And I, I can't help but see some similarities where, where he's, you know, there are these people that are worried that this meat that was sacrificed to an idol is somehow unclean. And if I partake in it, I'm going to be a you know, somehow affected by that. Right. And he's, he's like, no, like, it's not the case, but if that's what you think, like, we're not going to force you to think otherwise, kind of what you were saying, we're not going to dictate conscience. Yeah. And I guess I can see some of that going on here where it seems like some Christians look at Halloween and they sort of shrug. They're like, this isn't real witchcraft or it's not, you know, real violence that we're celebrating. It's, it's sort of fun. Just like shrugging. Okay. But if we're going to follow Paul, I think we need to say we can't force other people to, you know, think that if, yes. if that's well, just our view. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a, so there's many just sensitivities, right? Um, when trick-or-treaters come by our door, very rarely do they come in the guise of ghouls and demons and things mm-hmm. like that. Usually it's a high percentage of Disney princesses and superheroes and you know the costumes run the gamut and and tend not to be even in the 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 more concerning categories right so i think there's a a playfulness to it that that is Mm -hmm. uh is evident and i could see where my comfort level would be different if that weren't the case Right, like if if everybody showing up was some sort of weird satanic looking ghoul, I might feel very differently <laughs> yeah. about uh, handing candy out to them. So, <laughs> so on the one hand, yeah, I want to acknowledge like there's a certain um, contextual mm. aspect, you know, to this, and and celebrating Halloween here might be a little different from celebrating it somewhere else. And so, I mean, what we're saying is not certainly universal but but in situations like this i think it's important not only to make allowances for other people's scruples but also to be conscious of exactly that dynamic that you're alluding to the the pauline dynamic that that to encourage people to violate their conscience like it's possible to sin by violating conscience even if objectively speaking the thing that you're doing isn't sinful mm-hmm. It's the it's the the belief that it is and the doing of it anyway that constitutes that violation of conscience. And so 
we do really need to be careful about conscience issues. And it's one of the reasons why, like I say, we have this open house, but we don't make people come to it. We don't flaunt it. It's not a big emphasis or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's not really that big a deal. Um, And we want to keep it like that for that reason, that that we're trying to be sensitive to a variety of of different uh, feelings about it. Mm. But having said that, I, I do just want to say, you know, I do just want to kind of model the, the possibility that there were a lot of cultural practices around us that are okay to participate in with discernment, that it's okay to celebrate, it's okay to be part of the life of the community in that way, and that it's not necessary always to withdraw yourself from those collective efforts uh, because they're not wholly Christian. Hmm. You know, like I say, we could talk about the history of this particular one, and and there are people who hmm. would explain sort of the origins of it. Like, there's a reason why Martin Luther did what he did when he did it. You know, and and we can get into all that, yeah. but 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 just on the whole, I think there's a a way for a faithful Christian to have what we might think of as, as a culture positive perspective while exercising discernment. Mm. And that's what we try to do. Yeah. I have a poem. I've got to share it. Yeah, please do. <laughs> this is a poem I wrote last year as Jenny and I were walking around our block around this time around Halloween. And I remember seeing people's decorations as they went up over those weeks and, th- and thinking a lot of Halloween decor is kind of like making fun of death. It's almost like this playful, I don't know, this playful attitude towards, towards death. And, and I was thinking, you know, Christians like have some things to say about death actually and how it doesn't have the final word. And so all of those thoughts kind of got me to this poem and maybe this can help us wrap up, but this is not necessarily stating my views on Halloween, but just some reflections that I had. Before last you year. read it, though, I do have to ask one question. So, this is something you composed after the experience of walking around, or did you start writing it while right walking around with Jenny? <laughs> after. Okay. Okay. That that puts me at, at ease. Yes. That you didn't uh, ruin the walk by. Oh no no no. Yeah. Okay. No, this is after. Okay. So that yeah, this one's called Hallows. Let children roam the gilded streets, clothed in luminous bones and bedsheets with eye holes cut through. In the thin last light of October, let them ransack the cul-de-sacs for candy to fill their plastic pumpkin buckets and pillowcases. Willow the wisps drifting door to door, murmuring among the dark oak trees that shed their fiery tears beneath a vault of cold stars. Let skeletons rest their weary limbs on front porch swings, clothed in overalls and straw hats, to fend against the rattling wind. And why not afford them the company of other dead friends, pumpkin heads lopped from the vine, warty and wilting and lit with candlelight, lips sucked in as they scowl or smile. Let us likewise laugh in the face of shadows, we who dirty our knees to dress tombstones in fading flowers, 
and return in time to refresh them. We who have been clothed, who grown to be further clothed. I know it's always hard to react to a poem, but there's, there's a poem about Halloween. I never thought I, I'd write one, but there it is. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. That's beautiful. The uh, listeners won't have the benefit of, of hearing it before Halloween, but I do. So it can inform <laughs> yeah. my experience, at least, right. of trick-or-treating. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate you sharing that. And and again, it's it's an example of... I think how fruitful our Christian engagement with these cultural mm-hmm. activities can be. So I'm certainly not saying to listeners, hey, you need to get on board and I expect to see you here you know, on the 31st. <laughs> yeah. You better be at the open house. Um, but you're certainly welcome to be you know, any year. And we, uh, we want to be thoughtful yeah. in the way that we observe these things, but also, I think, can do so with joy. Thanks for listening to this Halloween-themed episode of The Commentary. If you've enjoyed the commentary, you can rate us on your favorite podcast app and share episodes with your friends on social media. You can subscribe to the commentary on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out more about us online, visit graceforsufalls.org. 